0: All right, how we doing everybody? I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Classic episode for you guys today. We're going to start with Austin Bickett. We're going to go over the James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets trade. A lot going on in the NBA. We're also going to touch on Alabama winning the national championship very quickly at hurt my heart a lot, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. And then we're going to jump in to the NFL playoffs. We're going to recap wildcard weekend. We're going to get into the divisional matchups. We're going to go over the spreads, touch on all of it. It's going to be great. And then Lexi Browning joins me for Bachelor Red Talk. Much more positive week this week for me. The show's pulling me back in. I'm not sure why we spent half the episode bashing that miserable Victoria woman. But before we get started, our show is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy Sports. Check out Thrive Fantasy. Sports. It's available on the Apple App Store. Use promo code RED with two D's for a $20 deposit bonus on any deposit, $20 or more. Thrive has all kinds of cool stuff coming up for the NBA, coming up for the NFL playoffs this weekend. You build your lineup based on whether guys are going to score touchdowns. It's very different than what FanDuel and DraftKings are doing. Give it a shot. Thrive Fantasy Sports. RED with two D's. RED Talk. Here we go. All right, A.B., Austin Bickett, we are back. Red Talk, Divisional Playoff Week, weekend. This is this is exciting. There's a lot going on in the world. Alabama is your 20, 20, 21, however you say that, national champions. And uh, James Harden got traded to the Nets while I was at work today. And, uh, yeah, a lot of alerts on my phone. There's a lot of guys on different teams. It is very overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I think uh, after we saw Harden's press conference last night, it was kind of just a matter of time. Didn't know it would happen this quick, but kind of seemed like a two horse race between the Sixers and the Nets. And the Nets definitely had more, well, I'm not going to say more assets because the Sixers do. They wanted Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, though. And that's just, in my opinion, that's too much to give up for a guy that could turn around and leave. And, well, what, you got one more year left on his deal after this? Uh, the Nets gave up a lot, but um, they're trying to win now. And I, don't know if this is going to work, honestly.
0: I don't hate this deal for the Nets. You know, you only get to live one time, they yeah. say. And uh, with, with KD, like, who knows how many years he has left. Who knows how long this thing's going to last in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving, their second best player, has stopped going to stuff. And other than that, this team's really good. But the Spencer did win. injury is is troublesome, to say the least. And they definitely lost some depth here. Jared lost, Allen.
1: Yeah, they lost most of their depth and pretty much all of their defense.
0: Yeah, it's can James Harden and Kevin Durant go win a title? But I, I don't think it's going to be very easy for KD. This team might be the complete opposite of the Golden State Warriors from 2017 in terms of like being able to share the ball and everybody kind of being in the same mental space each night. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but either way, it's going to be entertaining to watch. I liked the Simmons to the Rockets deal better personally because. I think you're not going to get anything better for James Harden than Ben Simmons, but the Rockets are nowhere near being able to win now. If you've watched them this year, they got some sweet new light blue jerseys. John Wall no isn't sense. that bad, but they are—they are just a terrible team. Like Demarcus Cousins is so bad;
1: he is so so bad at basketball. Oh my, he's terrible. Yeah, it it sucks that injuries really derailed his career because I mean he was the best big in basketball for like three or four years. And yeah, he's probably- not a good guy tough to watch now okay yeah he's not the best guy but I feel like he does get some unfavorable ejections sometimes like that that's swiped down on LeBron like he swiped at the ball
0: I think he should have been suspended 10 games based (laughs) on his track record but you know it's not what this is about DeMarcus Cousins everybody knows he's a bad guy but yeah I I like the Harden to the Nets thing I think they're going to be really good I don't think they like terrify the other really good teams in the east like the celtics or the bucks or the heat or the sixers like i still think those teams could beat them in a series but i mean you can't lie i mean there's no way anybody would want to play james harden and kevin durant in the playoffs if they're both healthy
1: i mean on paper they definitely have the best starting five probably in all of basketball but when it comes to the playoffs it comes down to a lot of times it comes down to depth and getting stops and this team's not gonna stop anybody
0: and jared allen was playing really well and he's like an athletic big that blocks a lot of shots he does a lot of little things way better,
1: jordan. yeah he's way better than deandre jordan
0: yeah and that's like all
1: they have now right down low uh deandre jordan perry and claxton are their three centers on the roster looking at it right now depth chart sure. power, they have two power forwards they're counting katie as a power forward and jeff green and then deandre jordan don't know who this perry guy is and claxton
0: Okay, yeah, so it's probably going to be KD at center, and then we'll have some uh, Joe G- uh, Joe Harris, who sprays, and then hopefully Kyrie Irving, if he ever comes to work again, and then James Harden, and then, uh, I don't know, like uh, Bryce Brown, Bruce Brown.
1: Yeah, he's nice. Former Pistons, great. He's a nice, he's a nice little bench player, but he was our best player, so <laughs> that's why it didn't work out. Um, if I had – I think I said this over the summer or whenever it was, when all this Harden stuff started, but if I had to pick two – superstars that I don't think could play together. It'd probably be Kyrie and Harden, like just two really good players that I don't think should be on the same team. It's probably them too. Well, it's a
0: really, really good video game team. Like you could probably tear some people up in 2k. Yeah. I'm okay.
1: sure that'll, that'll be everybody's team for the next couple months.
0: Yeah. And that's fair. But yeah, with the Kyrie comments of like how he kind of wanted to be the man in Cleveland and he didn't like how LeBron was celebrated there, which is a really weird thing to say in general, but he yeah. has had those takes constantly. And now he's like the cleared. third best player on his team. Yeah. yeah. And he already wasn't going. I I would be really interested to hear his comments on this trade. I don't think he's going to make any before this podcast comes out, given that he hasn't really said anything all week not even to his bosses so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how it works out but James Harden's still really good he's just kind of he's
1: a drama king yeah we'll see yeah and so is so is Kyrie so like this could this could I mean if they decide to go all in and like commit like you said with like the Warriors do they all sacrifice and they all share the ball and stuff like that this could work but this could also blow up like Within this next time, this time, like next month, like this is so such a wild locker room, not even counting on the court stuff. And I personally think that the Nets should have sent Kyrie away in this deal and kept Lavert and Jared Allen and some of their depth and maybe not had to give up four picks and four pick swaps because I mean, yeah, like one injury to harden Kyrie or Durant and this and this team's done. Yeah, they, their scouting department's not going to
0: have a ton of work to do for the next few years, given that they uh, are not going to be doing much drafting in Brooklyn. I'd be really interested to see what their uh, summer league team looks like if they ever have the summer league again, which is fantastic. But Alabama, they won the championship. We both liked Ohio State. It did not feel good.
1: No, it's one of those games that you knew you were on the wrong side. Well, I say that, but Ohio State did answer twice, tied it up at 14. But but you could just tell they were like kind of struggling to go down the field. And like they had – these eight-play drives, and Alabama was coming out and scoring in like three or four plays. Every play seemed like a chunk play. Uh, Devonta Smith had maybe the craziest stat line of championship game we've ever seen from not a non-QB, and uh, he only played a half of football. So clearly the Heisman winner was uh, not not a wrong choice to give him the Heisman. But, yeah, I mean, credit to Alabama. I think they were pretty clearly the be- best team in the country by far. They're starting all that Alabama versus year. Beloved LSU team from last year. I still like the LSU team from last year, but it would be a hell of a game to watch, especially on the uh, offensive end. Total would be over 100.
0: Yeah, LSU would throttle them. You know, I don't even think we need to get into that. I can't believe people are even having that conversation, but Alabama was absolutely the best college football team from this year season and this season only Devonte smith is the fastest football player i've ever seen in my life and he is as close to an nfl draft sure thing as you will ever see his routes are so precise i don't even think the ohio state defensive backs did that bad of a job i mean what are you supposed to do you press him he's gone you back off him you're screwed. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to make you miss. He is impossible to stop, quite literally impossible to stop. And I, I do think, you know, if LSU played him, yeah, 2019 team against this Alabama team, I, I don't think that they'd stop Devontae Smith. And like you're saying, over under 100. But credit to Nick Saban, every recruiting class he's had at Alabama since 2000. I saw that. Did you see
1: um, next year they have the number one recruiting class, not in the country, but of all time. As far as like highest rated class of all time, so oh great, yeah. There's a lot of takes out there about um, college football is kind of ruined, super washed down. It's Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and then every once in a while, like LSU got in there last year. A fourth team will show up, but uh, it does kind of suck. The same teams winning it all over here. It definitely doesn't have like the March Madness feel, like anybody can win it. But I still enjoy watching it. But it is uh, tough to. It's just tough to know that Clemson and Alabama are going to be the two best teams for the next ten plus years, probably.
0: I will say that I did not enjoy watching it. I had Trey Sermon to score an anytime touchdown. He uh, you know, broke his collarbone with 14 minutes left in the first quarter. I kind of felt like that's how my night was going to go from that moment. Master Teague, who's terrible, scored two touchdowns. So, you know, I, I don't think my mind was in the wrong place there. I just have terrible luck and I'm spawned by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But... You know, Alabama, really good. Hats off to him. I think Mac Jones can succeed in the right NFL system. He just feels like a guy that would be good on the Patriots. Yeah, taking the words out of my mouth. Najee Harris, uh, unbelievable running back, like not even a human. It's really unfair. Devontae Smith is a flat-out alien. He should not be out there. They need to test his DNA. It's just wrong what he was doing to everybody in college football this year like probably the five most spectacular plays I saw in college football this season were all made by number six on the Crimson Tide. I also had that meet oh, so for first touchdown. He got, yeah, he got tackled on the five. Yeah. It's, it's really tough to keep getting <laughs> out of bed, but watched a lot of football this past weekend, more than we'll have in for a long time. Now Uh our time with the NFL is going to continue to dwindle down, but at least the best is for last. And to recap wild card weekend, the Browns were up twenty-eight-zero in the first quarter. Lamar Jackson silenced the haters. The Rams beat the Seahawks despite two hundred and fifteen injuries. One game was on Nickelodeon. Sixty seven hundred people in Buffalo sounded like sixty-seven thousand. It was enough. And Tom Brady beat a guy I'd never heard of. That's about it. What'd you think?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I think uh always I think the super wild card weekend should be here to stay at that extra game, the two extra games, the extra game per day, just hit so much better, even though maybe some of the teams, Washington football, well, Washington football team won their division. So they would have been anyways, but uh, the, the level of play might've been down a little bit in some of the games, but I always love extra football. Taylor Heineke, shout out to him, balled out, looked like a NFL starter. I'm sure that he is not. It did, maybe they just didn't have any film on him, but he did ball out. Him laying out for that touchdown was one of the moments of the weekend. Um, was really impressed with how your Rams shut completely shut down Russell Wilson. I thought that was the most impressive performance of the weekend by one single unit on this field. Um could not believe that the Titans scored a touchdown on like the first, second drive of the game and then didn't score one the rest of the game. Uh knew their defense kind of sucked. Their defense actually played all right. They only um gave up 20 points to Lamar, which is pretty impressive. But you were telling me the Titans only gave up 20 points for the game, I would have put all my money on the Titans.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I like uh, hatred in sports. I think it makes everything more entertaining, again. and we saw a ton of that with the Brown Steelers game, a ton of it with the Ravens-Titans. It just makes it exciting and makes it mean more. You really start to back your side a lot more than maybe you normally would. And the Lamar thing, he threw for more yards than Tannehill, and he ran for more yards than Derrick Henry. I have to tell you that before the game, you're going to bet your entire bank account on the Ravens. There, there's few NFL teams that I that I hate. That I, that I really hate and I want them to lose every single week unless I have money on them. And, and obviously, the Seahawks are up there. You know, I, I listened to a lot of future this past weekend. But also, I mean, the Titans. Just a classless organization. And They always have been that way. Ever since Dyson got stopped on the one in '99, just a joke. I mean, Derrick Henry, come on, this guy's so freaking slow. Like we said, he's just slow, Austin. He's a slow guy, and I love seeing the Ravens bottle him up and that celebration in midfield. Inject that into my veins. I love it. Forget the handshakes. What's what are these handshakes for?
1: That's the kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I do love all the the. Logo thing was pretty. was pretty badass. I didn't. I didn't know what to think when it was happening, but in retrospect, because I was on the Titan, so it just hurt. They were stomping on my my wallet, basically. But it was pretty badass. And then the Browns yeah, answer sure. with the uh, juice doing the Corvette Corvette in the locker room after they beat them. Uh, called them that uh, Baker running off the field saying same old Browns, a bunch of gray faces, stuff like that. Um, Steelers. I mean, they're the most hateable t- to me. They're the most hateable team in the league. I think. I think your Titans hate stems from last year when you were on the wrong side of every Titans game, no matter what.
0: <laughs> no, it, it stems from 99. I never liked Eddie George. He's a bad guy. And he sucked
1: as a guest appear on Facts. ballers. But I, I really, I also, hate I think, I think everybody does. though. That's a big a team that everybody can agree. Unless you're a Steelers fan. I think everyone hates the Steelers.
0: Which like, if you're a Steelers fan, a lot, I mean, of, what a lot of them mean? around you here. Know, what, what are you doing? How do you wake up and cheer for this team? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has committed some egregious crimes. Use Google. Terrible person. and He's like the only one that doesn't piss you off week to week. James Conner is a wonderful person. Beat Cancer, could not beat the Browns. Chase Claypool and Juju Smith Schuster are one and two, the two biggest douchebags in the entire NFL.
1: And it's a war. They go back and Yeah, forth. I used to like Juju, but I, I lost a lot of that this year. I used to like him like when his rookie year, when he was the second guy, and then AB left and called him Boo Booth Smith Pooster. <laughs> so, Yeah, but I wanted to like Claypool, too. Yeah, I mean, he was the biggest – he'd probably crybaby of the week.
0: Yeah, Juju is an absolute toolbox, and his first name, quite frankly, is really stupid. And the Claypool thing where he's talking trash, I mean, I'm not even going to get into it. That guy is a joke. I'll be cheering against the Steelers for the rest of the year next year. But good news is Steelers, Titans, Seahawks. They're not here anymore. Let's jump in to the four games this weekend. We're going to give our picks along the way. We're going to go in chronological order here. So Saturday, we're going to start with my team, the L.A. Rams. The best defense in all of football. I'd say the strongest unit in all of football, the Rams defense. They legitimately won a game this past weekend with Jared Goff at quarterback. John Wolford's playing. This guy's like five foot nine. He can't really throw. He can kind of run. I know we're going to win. Like the game starts. I'm like, Oh oh my God, we're going to win this game. The defense is too good. And this dude's competent. Of course, Jamal Adams, my most hated LSU player of all time, dirty hit knocks him out of the game. I'm like, Oh, he's trying to sell it. He'll be back in. Nope. He headed straight to the hospital. We found a way to win that game with Goff, who cannot throw it all. We're going to head to Lambeau and play the Packers. The Packers are
1: favored by six and a half coming off the bye. What do you think? This is tough because the Rams defense is really good, but then I think it's Aaron Rodgers versus Jared Goff. And the Packers have been maybe the most dominant team the last down the stretch. I mean, they've just been killing everybody, especially that Monday night primetime game against the Titans in the snow. Man, I, I always struggle with these teams that get these buys because they come out flat so often. And I don't know. It's going to be tough to beat Rodgers at Lambeau, even though there's no there's no crowd. The spread is seven. I think that's fair. There's going to be a ton of Packers teasers out there this weekend. I'm gonna go with the Packers, but I don't think I'm gonna lay the seven because like you said, the Rams defense is just that good. And uh, Goff's gonna have to make some plays. And I don't I don't know if he really can. <laughs> Cause it's not like the Seahawks game. I think Rodgers is gonna put up points no matter how good that defense is. Yeah, without a doubt. And if there's one
0: thing we know about me, it's that I, I'm very good at at not showing yeah. my bias. You know, I I'm very, very in the middle. You know, I, I like to give each team an equal shot. I love the Rams. I I just love them so much. What they did this past weekend, they gave me such a fun four-hour experience, but half of it, it wasn't all that fun. And that's when Jared Goff had the ball, and I'm wondering what what he's going to do with it next. Basically, all our offense came from Cam Akers running the ball, which I feel like the Packers are going to come out and try to stop. The Packers have a really good defense. I do think that the Rams defense is going to be able to maybe make them start flat. But I like the Packers to win this game. I I don't know about the six and a half. This Rams team, Jared Goff's not going to another Super Bowl. That's going to be one of the biggest anomalies in the history of time. Unless John Wolford goes out there and plays, I don't think we have a chance. If Jared Goff starts, I like the Packers by six and a half. If he doesn't start, I still think the Packers win the game. The Rams had a ton of injuries this past week. Cooper Cup's probably going to play. Aaron Donald's probably going to play. Sean McVay lies to the people. I will yeah, say I over and over. Who knows who's actually going to walk out there in those sweet,
1: bone-on-blue, new Rams uniforms. But I, I don't think yeah, we're gonna be we are going to be – We didn't even mention the impact. fact that Jared Goff still has a messed-up thumb and John Wolford left stadium in an ambulance – uh, Aaron Donald didn't play in the second half of a playoff game. Got to think that's, I mean, that's serious enough. If he's not going to come back out there in a one score playoff game in the second half and uh, Cooper cup, Cooper Cubs looked bad. Right. He said, they act like he's the best of all of them. So.
0: Yeah. I, I'm telling you, he lies. But if Jared Goff, if we don't want to send him out there, which us having two active quarterbacks that's, that game is, is yeah. so, We're so in dude. the city, like, I promise. That's what I'm saying next week. You might want to cue the race remnant. Black Beatles in the city. Blake Bortles in the City. You never know. You never know. Blake Bortles, he he's won a pretty big playoff game in his career. People forget. And I know Cardinal fans don't forget him. I was there when he ripped our hearts out with the with the knights of UCF. Didn't feel good, but I walked out of there saying, that yeah. dude is bad. So, so we'll see if if Blake Bortles walks out there. I mean, you might, might as well throw out the books because you never know what that dude's going to give you Ravens bills Saturday night. This is going to be an awesome game. It's the closest spread of the weekend. It's been teetering back and forth between one and a half and two and a half. The bills are at home. It might snow Lamar Jackson coming off a big playoff win silence the doubters for at least one week. The Bills could have lost to the Colts. Colts make a 33-yard field goal. That game goes to overtime. Very poor effort from Rodrigo Blankenship. God just looks dumb out there. shouldn't be an NFL kicker anymore. But Bills-Ravens, one-and-a-half, two-and-a-half. What do you think? I
1: happened? like the Bills here, but um, I like the Titans last week, so take that for what you will. I'm not saying the Ravens can't go in here. The Ravens are really good, probably playing better than anybody in the AFC over the last month and a half. Um, I just... I love Josh Allen so much, and I'm gonna ride with him until he goes down. Uh, the Bills' defense, obviously, way better than the Titans' defense as a unit. I think that uh, there won't be as many of those long Lamar runs as there was as there was last week. Even it's crazy that he can get those when you know the other teams constantly looking for it every play. Like that's just how fast and how shifty he is. Like in the, to end the game when he did that little jump back to stay in bounds. Like you know the they knew they run the ball and you knew Lamar was probably going to end up keeping it. And he still got through right through the middle and just. Ended the game. I mean, but the Bills are a little better on defense, and a lot better on defense, honestly. They're at home. There's going to be some fans in the crowd. Bills Mafia is going to be going crazy. Hopefully a little snow in the forecast. Don't know if that's going to happen. So I like the Bills, but I think it's going to be close, just like the Colts game was.
0: Lamar Jackson's incredible. He is electrifying. You saw me walk into Roosters last week. I had the purple jersey on, the purple shoes. I was ready to join all the other UofL fans that became Ravens fans three years ago. Yeah, I'm ready to yell with them. I'm ready to party. Lamar Jackson is awesome. He's one of the funnest players to watch in the sport. Love the Bills this weekend. Love them. All caps. Love the Bills. Ever since I saw that can't touch this video at practice, I was like, okay, cool. I really like this team. I like what they're doing. I do think that Trey White, an LSU guy, is gonna be able to take Hollywood Brown after the game. You out of the game, you were hating on him a little bit last week. He played really good. Football is not an individual sport. It's not golf. It's a team sport. And this is where the Ravens figure out, wow. Our receiving core is horrendous. Lamar needs some help, and he, he does. He needs help. This isn't a Super Bowl team because of the skill players they've surrounded him with. They've done a pretty good job on defense. Patrick Queen is who they took in the first round from the LSU title team. He's been fantastic all year, but I don't think they're good enough to beat the Bills here. I love the Bills. It's my pick of the uh, week.
1: It's probably my favorite pick. T- Actually, my favorite pick is the Bucks, but we'll get to that in a second. I got really hot take cool. for you. Don't know if you're going to agree. I think Josh Allen is the third-best quarterback right now left in the playoffs behind Mahomes and Rodgers. I know there's Brady. I know there's Brees. I know he's not all-time the greatest. But right now, I would take Mahomes, then I would take Rodgers, then I would take Josh Allen.
0: No, I don't think it's a hot take. I, I completely agree with you. That is exactly how I feel about Josh Allen and about this Bills team. The one, th- the Bills' rushing attack is terrible. Zach Moss tore his ACL. He's out. It's going to all be up to Devin Singletary. And let me tell you, that guy is bad. He's flat out bad, and not like the Blake Bortles bad, how I just used it. Like not the Michael Jackson bad. Like like he he sucks. Like he's a bad player. So. it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be close. I do think it's going to
1: be a little lower scoring than people think. Yeah, high total, but but so was the um, Titans-Ravens. Titans-Ravens from last week. Um, Yeah, I I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend, honestly. And I'm glad they got it right this week and put it on Saturday night so we can enjoy it at the fullest extent. So looking forward to this game more than
0: all the rest. So now we have the Kansas City Chiefs, who also had to buy the Goliath of the NFL, the bad guys. They're going to host the Cleveland Browns coming off their first playoff victory, probably of our lives. I, I haven't looked it up, but you know I know Tim Couch didn't do very well for him. And since then, it, it wasn't very good. It's, it's arguably all Tim Couch's fault. And y- you look now at this Browns team. They had about as much adversity going against them in that Steelers game than I've ever seen. They got linemen introducing themselves to Baker Mayfield before they kick off. Their coach is watching the game on a 60-inch TV in his basement. I, I think the Chiefs win here. I do think the uh, line is, totally is even high. Though. I, I Yeah, it's like I, I feel like it should be seven and a half, and, and it's ten. It's ten. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I, I'm scared of yeah. To me that this game has- straight up.
1: I think this has backdoor special written all over it. I mean, the Chiefs are—I mean, they're the best team in the league. They've not counting the game; they just rested all their starters. They've lost one game in over a calendar year, and almost like I think it's twenty-six and two in their last twenty-eight or something like that. They're the the guys like that's the team that somebody's going to have to beat to win the Super Bowl. And uh, the Browns this is a great story. I love this Browns team. I love—I like Baker. I know it's not a very popular opinion. A lot of people don't like him. I like Baker. I like Nick Chubb's my favorite running back in the league. Love Juice Juice Landry, but I don't know. I I think the line's too high, but I think there's no way that the Chiefs lose this game. I think this, like I said with the Packers, I think the Packers Chiefs teaser will be the most popular one of the weekend. And usually somebody messes that up when it's the whole public is on it, but I don't think it happens this weekend. I I like the Chiefs to win. Not going to lay the tens. I think it's, I can easily see the Browns being down. Between fourteen to sixteen and scoring a touchdown late in the game, the Chiefs haven't really been very good against the spread this year because they just get they get up oh they're they, terrible they get up they big and then they ever. just get complacent and uh, maybe maybe that'll change now that this it's the playoffs they won't be as bored out there but yeah I'll, Chiefs to win but not touching the number.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. I've been putting the Chiefs' money line and stuff. But, yeah, and I'm also scared to take the Browns in a way because of how bad the Chiefs have been against the spread. Like, that doesn't make me want to take the Browns. It just makes me not want to take the Chiefs. And the Browns are up 28-0 in the first quarter. It's such a weird game. But, I mean, the Steelers snapped oh, it over his head. You know, I call for it all year, all year. And then it happens right there. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? I got the <laughs> horrible bet.
1: <laughs> Went over in like the first half.
0: There's been a lot of pain recently, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like Chiefs to win. I don't know who covers in that game. Last game in the weekend, Bucks Saints, the two oldest quarterbacks to ever meet in a playoff game. I'm making that That's up, totally but it's, it's probably true. Based Tom on Brady's like the oldest
1: player to but, ever play. It's got to be true. Breeze is like forty. Yeah.
0: Tom Brady, plus three in New Orleans. The Saints kind of skated by. I didn't think the sk- Saints looked that great against the Bears. But, you know, the game's on Nickelodeon. Uh, There's a lot of weird shit going on. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you you had to be either six or be on drugs to enjoy that. I was neither. I listened to Tony Romo. He's the best announcer in sports. So, uh yeah, uh, you know, SpongeBob on the field they're doing the slime zone. It just didn't feel like a very serious game, and I don't know if that's affecting me, if it's making me not take the Saints as seriously. But the Saints have beaten the Bucs twice this year. Both these teams are are good teams, and I
1: just I just love the Bucks. Yeah, me too. Like I said, if I had to rank my favorite bets, it would go Bucks and then Bills. Bucks number one uh nothing better than sports than the greatest cliche of all time hard to beat a team three times say it in football they say it in college basketball and you meet a team in the conference tournament it's hard to beat a team three times and really hard to beat tom brady three times i know they got killed last time in a primetime game saints beat them by like 30 if i could go
0: back and talk to that version of me he'd be really mad at me for yeah, taking the bucks Um well.
1: but the bucks have looked their offense has looked one of the best in the league the past coming down the stretch um uh, Antonio Brown looks like he finally settled into this offense. He looks kind of back to his old Pittsburgh self. I know Mike Evans isn't 100% healthy, but he's still. I mean, who. It's. This is the hardest three receivers to guard, maybe ever, when they're all clicking like that. So I'm going to take Brady with the points. I've never been a big Brady guy, but I just. If you give me Brady or this Drew Brees, I'm taking Tom Brady. I mean, Brees and the Saints offense looked horrible last week. I know they handled the Bears, who. Should not have been in the playoffs at all. They backed in thanks to a Cardinals loss to your Rams. But um, if David Wims, horrible guy, catches that wide open trick play, that I'm not gonna say the Bears would have won, but that whole game would have been different. Like it would have been tied at seven. The Bears would have been right in the game. They almost had the old backdoor special, but they didn't kick the PAT. Jimmy Graham catches ball, walks out of football for the rest of his life. <laughs>
0: which yeah. which is the rule i looked it up i did have a Saints by nine and a half didn't affect me a ton but yeah I, michael thomas is back and that does make this saint's offense a lot better it didn't look much better this week but this game's such a weird game because both these teams played the only two teams that arguably didn't belong with yeah. the rest of the field last weekend with the football team and the bears it, it's so odd because you know both of them sh- at times you were like man are, are they that good because this game is is relatively competitive at least at times you Know, they both eventually pulled away, but I, I really don't know. I mean, I like the Bucs this weekend, but the more I think about it, the more we talk about how I felt on Sunday Night Football, it was not good. And Michael Thomas is back. That Saints rushing defense is one of the best in the league in terms of like a statistical category. The Buccaneers are not going to be able to run the ball at all. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it could all, like, I'm not going to say the Saints have no chance here, but – I'm t- and these two teams are so even to me. I think the Bucks' offense is better than the Saints' offense, even though the Saints have Kamara, who's arguably the best do-it-all back in the league. I'm just going to take the points. I think if I had to pick, I would say this is the last game that we ever see Drew Brees play. But I don't know. I mean, you really trust the Saints not only win the game, but win by more than a field goal after their offensive performance last week. And that Destined means- for a... Brady Rodgers in FC Championship game, and then hopefully Chiefs Bills on the other side. That would be an awesome championship weekend. And uh, this is the best weekend in the NFL, so we need to cherish it because it's going to be gone very soon.
0: Yeah, and there's just no way that happens because I have Bills Packers Super Bowl and Bucks Bills Super Bowl, too, and we know I do not be to have somebody's that gonna much gonna happiness. No chance. No chance that happens. I, I just don't. I don't deserve it, quite frankly. But uh, the other, you know, there's no college basketball lines out. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, the Cards play Miami. Uh, Miami lost to Boston College last night by like a 1,000. So take Louisville no matter what the spread is. And then Michigan's at Minnesota. I don't know if you guys watch what Michigan did to Wisconsin, but Minnesota is a dumpster fire right now. They've completely fallen apart. Michigan's actually already beaten them, I think, by like 25-30 this year. I, I love Michigan there. I think the line's going to be way too low. It's going to be one of those games it's like scary the Michigan it's like a violent team if they are favored by less than six think, oh my god
1: I think Michigan, Hammer, Michigan. is the third it's best awesome. team in the country behind Gonzaga and Baylor yeah not
0: a hot take at this point I mean that, that point guard that they had that grad transfer dude from Columbia is just raw dude is just filthy out there
1: yeah uh hard to pick games when there's no line but um pretty deflated about Kentucky hoops thought we were back are not back I am not doing well, but even I don't like Dallas. I mean, that's a college the, basketball this year. You guys got a little character. Well, that's away also like the worst thing. possible matchup for Kentucky and the SEC, I would say, because they, they're they a tough team. I wouldn't want to see them in the tournament. Not that I'm going to be in the tournament, but if yeah. I was a fan of another team, I wouldn't want to see them in the tournament. They all just yeah, they had great. some players out, yeah, too. three of their starters. Yeah, and they, they, they shit like well, 18 threes against us
0: they make their layups they play really hard they're very well coached i mean all things that kentucky are, just isn't this year for whatever reason and it, yeah i mean I, I kentucky plays auburn at two o'clock this weekend uh, auburn's uh, not very good the line's probably going to be flawed because kentucky's still going to have kentucky across the front of their jerseys and that that does affect the line believe it or not but yeah uh, it, it was a weird game but you know Alabama, uh, uh, the worst home loss of Cal's career. And, you know, I'm sure after I didn't watch the press conference, you know, because why would I? But I'm sure after he was like, well, it's different. You know, there's no fans there. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's also different. There's no Carl Anthony Towns.
1: Yeah, we are yeah. not very good. And, you know, I keep telling myself, like, they would go going to run, win the SEC tournament, sneak in. But don't get me wrong, I want to be in there. But if we get in there, we're probably going to lose in the first round anyways. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you always want, just you always want error, that you know? fighting chance. You want to convince yourself, like, here we go. We're in. That's all we needed was a shot. But if we get in, we're losing in the first round, no matter what. So just not our year. Move on to next year.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't think they're having and an cool. NIT. You know, I'd over. rather
1: opt out. I've watched Kentucky play in the NIT twice. And no one, first of all, I don't care if they win, but they come out like they know, like, why the hell are we playing this? We lost Robert Morse. That was Robert Morris's Super Bowl. I like that.
0: Yeah, you can bet on anything. That game was awesome. I'll never forget where I was. We were the, that. Thugger, we were that
1: the one good. team They made us go but, to Robert Morris.
0: <laughs> that's the rule. It's always been like that. If you can't host the game, then you're going to their place. You don't get that to just team, play at Freedom Hall. You're not suck. Bellarmine. <laughs> yeah, that they team would, would destroy this team. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. At least that team had some NBA players.
1: Kyle Wilcher, Hooper. Nerland's no out. He didn't it. play against Robert Morris. So we would have beat the shit out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was. We would have made major. the tournament. tournament then but We would have been in there. We would have been in the dance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Archie Goodwin beat. I mean, it's that, what sucked. this team needs. <laughs> Ah, oh, whatever you say. All right, that about wraps it up. Uh, big weekend of football. Two NFL games on Saturday. Two on Sunday. We got Cards, Cats both playing basketball on Saturday. It's gonna be fun. Austin, this was a pleasure. I will talk to you soon. Let's win some games this weekend. Right. We gotta gotta have some better luck. Got to. Can't get worse. All, all the way is up. Can't get worse. All right, the bachelor. Lexi Browning, Bachelor Red Talk. We are back week two with Matt James. I didn't like last week. I didn't like it. I said it a few times. This week, I'm I'm back in. Even if I'm not all the way back in, I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to try to enjoy the show. No point not to. How's it going?
2: What a do, baby boo. What a week to come back with a positive attitude because I truly hated it. I only watched it one time because that's all I could really take because the whole thing was centered around Victoria. And I just think that she sucks so bad. Like there's nothing enjoyable about watching her just be like a hateful person. And so like, I don't know. I was just mad.
0: Yeah, we spent about an hour of the two hours on Victoria, and we're going to jump into that. I actually ranked my four things that Victoria did that I hated the most. So we're going to jump into that at, at the end. It's going to be tough to do that because so much of the episode, you kind of just come back and you, you hate Victoria a little bit more right in the middle of it. But let's jump into it. So, this episode starts and it's prefaced with this girl that sounds like me pre pandemic at O'Shea's. She's blacking out, she can't see. They give us no further context. And then we just cut straight into Matt working out. And at this point, I don't know who this girl is. And I guess this is what we're going to do this season. They're going to start the episode off with a little teaser, kind of show you what's coming. Last episode, it was just about the vibrator. This time, infinitely more serious. Sarah, it ends up being Sarah, who I really, really like. She she goes down. She goes down at the end of the episode.
2: She sure does. And you know what? That was actually a spoiler because you could see that she had a rose in her hand right from the jump. So, they kind of messed that up and just sort of were hoping that you were distracted by the fact that she was fainting.
0: Which I totally was. And at that point in the show, you know, I'm still learning names. I have no clue which contestant just went down. So after night one, there's roughly around 67 women left. And that means.
2: Two thousand shorties want a tie tonight.
0: And it also means that we get one group date and two one-on-ones. Some of the girls don't even get a date. One actually says it's going to kill her, end her life if she doesn't get a date. Safe to say these women are bought in, but date one, it goes to Brie. She's mad. She wore her worst outfit today. The communication manager from San Francisco is utterly shocked. They ride some ATVs, make out in a hot tub, and uh, then they do the emotional dinner combo that we've seen 2,000 times. I like her, and she seems cool, right?
2: Yeah, that was like the first girl that I talked about last week and said that she was one of my top picks. And I thought it went well. Like she's a really beautiful girl and they had a good date. Like they had a good laugh whenever he basically almost put her life in danger when he flipped her off of the ATV. Like that was crazy. I actually know someone who literally died doing that. But anyway... Uh, They were able to laugh it off and, you know, had something to sort of bond over and they had a nice time. However, after seeing the one on one that comes later, I just feel like she's definitely the runaway and it's not comparable
0: yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, I'm thinking this girl, Bree, she's probably sixth or seventh in terms of where she's gonna finish on this show, but I mean there's there's a hundred of them left. Sixth or seventh is is pretty good. She gets a one on one. We know she's a factor. But then we have our group date. There's eighteen girls, one Matt James. All of them. All the girls are rationally confident. All of them have matching umbrellas, which is a nice souvenir, regardless of where you finish on this show. And uh All of them dress up as brides. You know, they really, they really like to hammer home the marriage thing on this show.
2: I know. What is with that? Why are we having like back-to-back photo shoots in wedding gowns? I feel like that is so dumb. And I have another little bit of advice for those of you listening, and this goes for real life if you're on the show Whatever. If you are like vibing with someone and you want to share a first kiss with them, don't do it in like a group setting like that. Wait for your moment. Don't do it, you know, in front of a bunch of other girls that are also dating the same guy.
0: That's fair, but this situation's a little different. This is a TV show. I think a lot of it's scripted and, and these girls, you know, they got to go out there. They have to make their mark, especially when they're not getting as much time with Matt as any of them expected. And yeah, I mean, they're they're in their wedding dresses. They're taking some some cool pictures, I guess. I don't know. I thought the date was was pretty terrible. But then Chris Harrison, he goes on to promote violence with an epic match of capture the heart. There's two teams. So they dip items in paint and they tag their opponents, essentially, all after this big giant heart and it was better i thought than the naked dudes playing dodgeball not better than the wrestling tournament of last season that was awesome but chris harrison says the rules are there are no rules never a good idea to say that before a competition i wanted to cheer for the red team because you know red team but they have victoria so i'm forced to cheer for the gold team weird weird paint fight date what'd you think
2: very confusing. Like, I feel like they needed some structure, like some rules were needed. Like, that wasn't like a cool thing to watch is no rules at all. And I think they just gave it to Victoria's team because it was Victoria's team and they wanted to see what would happen later on with the extra time.
0: It- yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty much exactly. I I literally was watching. I was like, I, I don't know what the purpose of this is. Are they going to just look at all the girls after and say, who got the most paint on them? They lose. But no, eventually I see MJ taking off with this giant heart. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess her team wins. So MJ and Maury, they, they carry the squad. They get the extra time. And Rachel, you know, she comes on. She sounds like Zach Levine does every night. Extremely let down by her teammates. And Katie rolls Kentucky basketball cam fletcher and just sobs about the loss and lack of playing time but the red team they get their extra time with matt and you know matt he seems like a pretty honorable genuine duty lies straight to victoria's face here tells her she looked great today which was an egregious lie victoria is a hideous woman
2: <laughs> can we get into her yet or are we still holding off because i really would like to insult her
0: uh no no we're still holding off. So he ends up giving the group date rose to Lauren, corporate attorney from Miami. I didn't have a problem with it. Do you, you have a problem with that?
2: No, a little bit of a dark horse. I thought that was a, a really cute conversation. And I liked that she got the rose.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down for Lauren advancing with Victoria and how this situation's played out. I feel like it's made it almost impossible to, to dislike anybody else on the show because she is so bad. We're going to get into it, but I, you agreed by saying that earlier. Like Sarah appears to be a runaway at this point in terms of who looks to be the favorite on this show. But outside of that, I mean, and nobody really gets on my nerves. I don't dislike literally anyone outside of Victoria. The woman is awful, but now we get the one-on-one time. It, it, it's Sarah, Sarah time, and Matt pays homage to Peter Weber, and they're going flying, which is Kind of like taking your date to a movie. You and can't, you can't talk that much while you're flying in a plane that was crafted in 1867 by the Wright brothers. But it's loud. They eventually get their nightcap. Sarah opens up about her dad having ALS. A cruel disease, one in which there's no cure. I thought this entire dinner, the date as a whole, was one of the rare serious moments this early in the show. But Matt does a great job of listening, saying the right thing. Truly a great guy. Sarah's story says a lot about her character and the fact that she's even on the show. You know, she she clearly like wants to be with Matt James. She probably doesn't want to be famous on Instagram my opinion, you no, know, she should probably be getting that time in with her dad, regardless of how awesome she is. Her odds of winning the show are pretty low. Still, really like Sarah. What'd you think?
2: Yeah, the obvious runaway so far. I feel like um, he was tearing up and said how honored he was just to like be in her presence and to have her time here, and. Um, I don't know. She seems really special to me. I think she's definitely going to stick around a long time. And um, I love her, the way that she dresses. She's very beautiful. And Jenna said that she reminds her of Alexis from Schitt's Creek. And I think that's a really good comparison.
0: Yeah, don't watch that show. I'm sure a ton of our listeners, though, understood that reference and probably agree with you. I, I think I've had that show suggested to me more all time than, you know, possibly anything else outside of Game of Thrones. But, yeah, I I think this date was the best part of the show so far. She secures the rose. I didn't give a pick last week. And I like Sarah to win it all, you know? I mean, I feel like that's kind of a basic thing to do. Sarah seems great. She was a broadcaster, right? And she quits her job to spend more time with her dad, who has ALS, which still he's like mentally there in his body and all the other stuff just stops working essentially with this disease and it one to two years to live is what they say. And any chance she's that escort? What? Any chance? I mean, so she quit her job, right? And she now, you know, is taking care of her dad. Any chance that's how she's paying the bills? Is she the escort?
2: No, I don't believe that. She seems too pure hearted for that to be her. I, I'm not accepting that until that is absolutely proven and I hear it, you know, on the actual show.
0: Okay, well, this whole season's going to be like a game of Clue. I, I just said I love Sarah. I think she's awesome, but we know there's going to be an escort. One of them has to be the escort. And I'm just saying that you can possibly put some stuff together and maybe guess that it could be Sarah
2: no because like it's not like that's her son or anything like that's her dad and like what about her mom we don't know anything about her mom really I don't know I mean it could be but I'm a little bit offended that you would throw that out there like there's like a bajillion girls and like Sarah's my favorite right now why are you gonna put that on Sarah
0: so I was thinking the same thing I had this suggested to me that this was a possibility by someone else and I was like offended i was like what Sarah's sarah's the only one i really like how could it be her and that's the reasoning they gave i was like oh wow
2: i mean we'll keep an eye out for it i mean we saw it on the preview we know that the previews can be very very misleading like what if it's just some bullshit that victoria spews at some point that has like no legitimacy at all that could totally be the case
0: that's possible. I do feel like they showed other contestants talking about it, though, like discussing the fact that, you know, there there's an escort there that it, at this point, hopefully, Victoria be gone. We're almost there. We're almost to the Victoria part. But cocktail party. We get some more time with Abigail, which is nice. You know, she's wonderful. But Matt, for not being on this show before, is doing an elite job of making each girl feel like they matter. I mean, the flower thing. Come on this dude is a king
2: i was so infuriated like this is what? the cherry on top of an atrocious episode i wanted to turn it off i wanted to quit the podcast all of it what? that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life oh
0: my god i thought it was nice i mean this girl what's her name uh Marilyn? is that right like yeah. okay yeah so Marilyn, you know, she's going to be lucky to finish 12th on this show, especially with the egregious slander that comes later in this episode from Victoria. But, you know, I mean, Matt still remembers her favorite flower. I thought it was marvelous.
2: I mean, it was pretty thoughtful and just really conveniently placed just like that stray pot behind the couch.
0: Okay, all right. Whatever. You know, you sound like me last week, but. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's do the negative stuff. Let's talk about Victoria. Like I said, I, I've ranked the things that I think that she did the worst. But this is going to be cool because everyone agrees with me here. It's very rare in life that you cannot find one person in the entire world that likes a specific person. And that's the case here with Queen Victoria. She is most hated universally. I was watching the national championship on Monday night, naturally. This is Erin Live, and I Twitter searched her name, and oh my, I don't know if I've ever seen so many mean things said about somebody without one nice thing said in there. I tried to look for like – I'm Twitter searching stuff like I like Victoria. Victoria is cool. People despise this woman. Every time she talks, they play the clown music in the background, but this season, it's like evil, evil clown music. So I went and found her Instagram. Searched it up. Man, does this woman delete some comments? She deletes. No way. Oh, man. She deletes some comments. I mean, she'll have a post. It'll have like 30 comments on it. Yeah. All of them are like, you're so inspirational to me. I just love you for being your true self. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way. There's not one negative comment on here. On a lot of her recent posts, she's just flat out turned comments off, which, you know, makes sense. Like, why would you not do that if you're her? But yeah, um, what did you think about Victoria?
2: I mean, she is atrocious. And I think anyone that watched the show has that takeaway. Victoria's dress in and of itself is grounds for dismissal. It's a crime against humanity. And that still stands even if like a flawless human were to put it on with the perfect bra. Still no. But much to my own dismay, Matt's like a pretty good guy and is going to continue with the night regardless.
0: Um, Victoria's dress. Have you watched any of that show, Bridgerton?
2: Yeah, I have.
0: Yeah, terrible show. But you know how everybody's like, uh, you know, they're in the 1800s or whatever, and they got those like puffy dresses on. That's kind of what it reminded me of up top. You know, she's got these NFL shoulder pads coming off her shoulders. So it's like real 1800 up top. And then down low, it's, it's 2020, you know, just showing off those disgusting legs. So let's get in to my four things that Victoria did that I hated most. So we'll start from the back. Number four, Victoria interrupts another contestant's wedding photo by showing off those absolutely disgusting legs, gets confused afterwards, and thinks that her and Matt are married. That is number four, the fourth worst thing that she did. I, I believe if you go back and watch the show, she's like, the royal wedding, we're king and queen, we're married now. Like No, Victoria, that's not how it works. Number three, after the fireworks go off on Bree's date, this is early. Everyone's like, oh, Brie got a rose, that's so nice. And she's like, okay, I'm authentic and real. And you guys are just bringing me down and insulting my character. I mean, it was so random. Just attacks the entire house, calls other people psychologically disturbed. I literally am a queen. Like, can we find this woman? I really feel like, you know, cyberbullying. Do you remember when we were kids and they always said, like, you know, I don't cyber any- bully anybody. Cyberbullying is bad. Don't you think that maybe she should be cyberbullied a little bit that, like, People should have the right to tell her how much she, they hate her over and over again. I think cyberbullying would be useful here.
2: I think she's definitely getting a lot of that right now and will continue to receive that for as long as she's on the show and probably for a little bit thereafter as well. And she deserves every bit of it. But it is kind of sad because I just I don't understand it at all. She It's week two, and she's going in outwardly saying – I don't like any of these women. This isn't a sorority. Like someone told her to be positive and she basically told him to go off. She was like, I mean, if you're positive, then you need to leave the show because this is like not supposed to be a friendly environment. I don't understand what she's thinking whatsoever. And I mean, her conversation with Marilyn was laughable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now we're leading into my final two things. So we got number two. Marilyn comes back with these flowers that Matt gave her because he's so thoughtful. You hated it. I can't believe it. But Victoria is absolutely disgusted by this act from Matt. She goes out there in her Bridgerton NFL shoulder pad dress and just goes full a sabotage mode, goes up makes things up to Matt, bends the truth, uses the word toxic more than 06 Britney Spears, and by doing this, she destroys the entire cocktail party for the other girls. And it just brought me back. Remember when Noah kind of did this and, and people were mad? I mean, this makes what Noah did look like the most little league ever. I mean, literally nothing happened here, and I thought that Matt handled this situation so poorly like i i I think he's done a great job but like why like why don't they just go out there and ask the whole house why do we always have to do this little pow wow where we take them all back one-on-one or we put them together and we try to have this conversation and resolve it especially with someone like victoria why doesn't matt go out there and he's like hey what's going on everybody's opinion here What's happening here? Victoria's sleeping on the couch. You know, I'm not here. I don't get to see the tape. What's going on? Because then he's got 29 girls being like, that woman should be incarcerated.
2: Absolutely. And even if you don't want to take it to that degree, like you just want to like snuff the drama out at the starting point point, not let it spread to the other women. I do understand that, but I mean, use your own context clues, my man. Listen to the words that Marilyn is saying, and then listen to the words that Victoria is saying. Which one is more believable? Which one is more rational and level-headed and is more likely to tell you the real story? I mean, you seem like a bright enough guy. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, and after night one, you know, I was not getting on mad. I was like, clearly, Victoria has been planted there. They told him he had to keep her around. He's probably pissed. You know, he was giving her constant responses like, yeah, I I feel that, you know, like kind of just trying to get through the conversation didn't seem very into her. But here, I think he's trying to do a little too much of the right thing like this was very unnecessary to I feel like try to hear both sides of the story out. But number one, the worst thing she did was the actual argument with Marilyn, like you said. I mean, this was ridiculous. Marilyn, for whatever reason, tries to entertain a, a thought of forgiveness and like, just resolvement with this woman. It was so weird. Victoria wasn't hearing any of it. I wanted to jump through the TV here. I mean, this almost made me turn it off. They, Victoria's like, I'm going to go sit over here. I'm going to do this. Marilyn, like, literally says three things to her. She's like, Victoria, I just want to apologize. I'm sorry if I came off this way. And Victoria's like, oh, my God, I've had enough. I'm walking away. Like, I mean. She
2: said – I don't care to like, what is your problem? You have to have some sort of self-awareness, like just even a little bit. She doesn't.
0: No, she doesn't. And honestly, she's the worst character on any show I've ever watched. No, even fake shows. I mean, she she makes Pam from The Office look like Jesus Christ. This woman is mentally ill. She is so terrible. But at the very end, you know, the House. Finally, all comes after her because now they're pissed. Now it's affected them, right? Like they didn't get their cocktail party time. So now they're all coming off, coming after Victoria. And I did enjoy that, but it's still, it's not enough time. It's time for the roast ceremony. And Sarah, who we like, who probably isn't an escort, says something that I I really liked and thought was really smart. She said, the longer Victoria is here, the more I question my relationship with Matt. Because, like, yeah, why wouldn't you? If that guy is keeping her around, there's got to be something wrong with him.
2: Definitely. But it makes me wonder, like, have you seen the show? Because the girl that gets tied up in the drama never wins. And I'm like, you're doing so good. Just mind your own business. Stay in your own lane and cruise on to the finish line, my girl.
0: But like you're saying, like Victoria's presence completely ruined this episode for you. It ruined it for numerous other viewers. Imagine being in that house with her. Like I, I agree with you. She, th- these these people, the Aleas of the world. I mean, it, Victoria makes Alea look like Mary from the Bible. But Alea, you know, she she what she finished like tenth. She was around for a while. We knew she wasn't going to win, but she hung in there. She pissed all the other girls off. Victoria is is like impossible to be around. I can't imagine living in that house.
2: Yeah, I mean, the villain usually does stick around for quite a long time. Like think about like Luke P or like Corinne or people like that. Like sometimes they really are in it for the long haul and we could have Victoria for a long time to come. And if that's the case and you're a producer on the set and you work in television – just out of the kindness of your heart, you already know this woman is going to be bullied for the rest of her life. Just get her a Neutrogena oil wipe. Just like get the glitter off of her face a little bit, a little bit of concealer. Least you could do.
0: Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. She has obviously been sleeping on the couch. I mean, the bags under her eyes are like Awful. I can't believe they're still letting her on TV just because of that. And let's, let's slow the Luke P slander. He made a nice cameo for Candace for her birthday. I don't have a problem with Luke P really. He went out of his way to do that. He free of charge because he was late. Good guy. But here it is the medical emergency. And it's Sarah, you know, which I was surprised by. I thought it was going to be somebody that was kind of irrelevant. It is the most relevant contestant on the entire show. And they're going to make us all wait a week. Classic.
2: Have you ever passed out? Yeah. Like fainted? Yeah. Really? A lot of times?
0: Yeah, I drink a lot of energy drinks.
2: Oh my God, yeah. Are you still doing that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you got to do better.
0: Hey, this is not what this podcast is about. It is about The Bachelor.
2: Well, yeah. And I've I have passed out a few times in my life as well. And I can just uh, I know that feeling of like you lose your hearing and then you start to lose your vision and you know that you're just going down. And I never really I mean, I never went like on an ambulance or anything to go get it like checked out. But like, (laughs) I feel like sometimes it can just be like dehydration or stress or maybe hopefully nothing too serious.
0: Yeah, you know, she, she could have just needed some more iron, as the, you know, fitness people say. Maybe her body was a little short on iron. You know, she, she'd she been on that date all day. She's up in the air. That that probably had something to do with it. She's flying. Maybe she didn't get to eat. You know, they're not allowed to eat on the show. And she was hanging out with Matt, like, all day. She probably got no food. Uh, who knows if they're even allowed to have water, these, these poor people trapped in a house with Victoria. But, yeah, then we got the preview, and all I saw was that, you know, Victoria's probably going to be with us for another two hours, and that sucks.
2: Well, hopefully she'll at least be in a different dress. I'm sorry, I'm being that girl that just attacks her appearance, but like you guys know that like her soul sucks as well. So at least, at least you guys know.
0: Yeah, she is like very, very ugly.
2: Yeah, inside and out.
0: Yeah, yeah, powerful quote there from you. But yeah, that's that's really all I noticed from the preview. Um, A lot of crying, but it was really all about Victoria again. I think we're gonna get at least one more week of this, maybe two or three. And I I don't know how much more I can take of this woman. I mean, she takes up like half the show.
2: I know. I really hope they like narrow her screen time down. Like just give us like little clips of Abigail and Matt just like touching their ears back and forth. By the way, do you think that's like strategic because like she can like adjust her cochlear implant and he's like, Oh, that's like a sexy signal to me.
0: That'll that do it. For really- this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Bachelor red talk. We'll be back next week. I'm not sure what that was about. I will have to check it out while I'm editing and see if I can leave it in there for in the podcast for you guys. Lexi, great job. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That would be sure.
2: bad news for me.
0: Yeah, you did you, didn't you call Ivan a pagan witch near the end of the last uh, last season? That that one was that one slipped by me. Uh, during live time, I was doing the you where I just don't pay attention to what you say because I'm on my phone. And then I was listening to it back. I was like, she's called Mad or Ivan a pagan witch. And uh, yeah, I, I think I ended up leaving it in there. I don't know because I didn't know what to do with it. But yeah, that that's quite a way to, to close the show.
2: Great. I'm glad we were able to highlight that. Um. everybody tweet me at Alexis Browning
0: isn't it Lexi Browning
2: yeah I was trying to throw him off my scent go yell oh. at someone else
0: yeah no chance at Lexi Browning and at Victoria Larson her last name's Larson on Instagram if uh, you want to let off some steam alright that'll do it for this week Lexi great job I'll see you next week let's get on the same page let's start liking the show we don't have a choice there's like 40 weeks left let's do it alright TTYL Hey.